okay, there's just so much to unpack there. First of all, he killed his wife and his daughter, which is like, right. why couldn't you guys just be friends? Right? You know, they're your wife, your daughter. I'm sure, like, I know. nothing you can't hash out over a good meal. You know what? There's a very good point, Kiki. And this happens so many times in history. And the reason why is because individuals or the fuckery around these individuals, just they, they can't leave these questions of inheritance. But what do you want your people to inherit your stuff? Unless they're cunts. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want cunts touching my stuff. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> History, I'd like to follow me down the rabbit hole. History, I'd like to frankly, I want to know. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Hilf. History I'd like to fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody. And we're together in the den. That's the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great podcasts in the den, click the link in our show notes or go to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. <laughs> oh, and we're hilfing a legend today. Cleopatra is arguably the most famous woman in history. Right? I mean, few figures, especially from the ancient world, and especially women, are still so universally remembered. <laughs> what we know for certain about her is very little, but that little bit is enough to fuel over 2,000 years of art and plays, poetry, gads, and movies. And why not? All right, she was the last queen of Egypt, married two of her brothers, bore children to both Julius Caesar and Mark Antony, and then she killed herself, possibly in bed with a poison snake. I mean, right? Whew, my guest for this incredible hilf is Kiki Anderson, who was an Emmy award-winning news reporter before changing careers and jumping full-time into stand-up comedy. She performs seven nights a week around L.A. and beyond and is also the host of the hit podcast called Indecent. <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet her. Let's get started. You've got your coffee. Mm -hmm. We have fruit. Our colons are covered. Do you want any whiskey, any weed, <laughs> any beer, any libations? You know, for now I'm good, but you know, once the day gets going, maybe I'll have a beer. We'll okay, see. we'll <laughs> see. We'll let Cleopatra and her uh, tendencies pull us. Uh -huh. um, well, I'm delighted you're here. Now, we um, are strangers to each other. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of your podcast. I'm so glad that you're in my house. And... Um, <laughs> And your people, this is what's so cool, and a high five to the people who had the good sense to put us in touch with one another. I know. I feel like we, uh, we, we run the same like vibe, like, like right? we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more, because your podcast is called Indecent. Mm -hmm. My pa podcast title is Indecent. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very horny title. We love. We love that. Mm -hmm. And we both seem to have this sort of like... I'm a brainiac, like I kind of read, read a lot and I know a lot of stuff, but like I'd really just rather tell jokes Yeah. than teach a class. Yeah, yeah, because somehow all history, all politics lead to a good like queef joke, you know? I, I, thank <laughs> you, right? Exactly right. And you know that even your most serious, I'm sure journalists out there mm -hmm. are just in the back of their mind just backlogging jokes. Can't yeah. say that, can't say that. That wouldn't be funny. They wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is so freeing. <laughs> Completely. Uh -huh. um, and you are uh, an Emmy Award winning news reporter. Where did you report the news and why did you leave? Well, I was in Eugene, Oregon, and then I was in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I'm from Maryland originally. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, comedy was always the plan. And eventually I was doing comedy till two in the morning and then going to work at like three or four in the morning. Ugh. And I was like, oh, this is not sustainable. <laughs> and you can't like report on the mayor and then talk shit about the mayor. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> so eventually. Because you were I mean, taking all those backlogged jokes. <laughs> right. Telling them right. The problem is I don't always have that moral filter where I'm like, oh, Oh, I shouldn't say this. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So uh, what was the nudge then that, that pushed you or like, ah, fuck the waking up part. I'm going to just keep staying out late and doing comedy. Yeah. Well, you know, my contract ended and it was like, well, I can go be miserable at another newsroom job somewhere and bumfuck nowhere in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, or I can do what I've always wanted to do. And it's this. And you know what? I make no money doing either, so <laughs> at least I'm having fun. <laughs> you know, that's, I 
think there's something very liberating about operating at these levels. You're like, you know, I, I don't have anything to lose. Right. <laughs> so I may as well just, it's hardly a leap. It's more of a shuffle, like, right? You know, once you decide that, or once you realize that you're never going to be rich, <laughs> there is freedom in that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, ah, this is it. I'm going to wear these shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live in these kinds of places. This is great. This is who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And where do you like to perform the most? Because if you were in Baltimore and Eugene, I'm, I'm assuming there there's a comedy scene in I both I started of in those Baltimore, cities. yeah. Uh -huh. And then what brought you from Baltimore to Los Angeles? Was that just like, if I'm going to do it full time, I got to go there? Uh, you know, it's Hollywood. Obviously, there's a great scene here, but I also had family here. So it was like here right. in New York, um, but I had more of a, a, a soft launching pad here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Indecent, how did in, the podcast Indecent evolve from all this? That's kind of a funny story. So we had, uh, uh, the, the company I work with, Next Chapter Podcast, we had originally discussed a different podcast um, that they went a different direction with, and that was all good and fine. And then we were going to do a podcast that was going to be called Porn and Politics. <laughs> uh, and it was going to be all about political scandals and like Great. horny, miscreant politicians. Oh, I fucking <laughs> love it already. Yeah, but we decided that uh, too many of the stories get too sad and are a little yeah. hard to make funny. So we're sure. like, okay, maybe there's three good funny episodes and the rest is kind of like, ooh, I'm sweating. So yeah. maybe that's not, maybe we're... um. We're uh, boxing ourselves off too much by doing just porn and politics. Yeah. So maybe... you're like gambling addicts are also really funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, there's there's a little bit of funny everywhere in all things indecent. And girl, you curl my toes. <laughs> oh, you chose a real, real doozy with Cleopatra. Why was Cleopatra your choice? Ooh, um, I did know a little bit about Cleopatra. Not a lot. Uh -huh. You're you definitely know way more than I do, but um, what I do know about her is that she was like kind of a one of a kind figure in history. Like, first of all, she was dating like all of the most eligible bachelors, right? <laughs> How many women in power can say that? They were just kind of a little bit hoeing around. We love. Word, word, <laughs> love. Um, and uh, there's a lot of great queens in history, but I feel like she was kind of like international a little bit, you know? Yeah. There's a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Egypt. Like, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot going on there. Oh, there is so much going on there. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. She has been intriguing from her own time and then for every time since. And that just really isn't always the case. Sometimes you a figure sort of emerges, mm -hmm. like King Tut. Mm. is an example where we found the remains and then was this mystery who was this person kind of but he really yeah. he was never a big deal in his day right. you know he what was i a mean kid. and he kind of comes and goes from interest mm -hmm. cleopatra was fucking hot shit while she lived and she was hot shit when she died and she's just been the hot shit <laughs> for every page of history that you have turned since her death that's fucking unique <laughs> What I'm going to do is tell you my sources because, okay. girl, I went hard mm -hmm. on Cleopatra. And the, there's good news and bad news when it comes to the amount of information that is available on Cleopatra. And it can be, a, you know, a little confusing because you think Egypt, this is the, the, one of the oldest civilizations on Earth. There's got to be tons of information. But as we know from the ancient world, mm -hmm. the vast, vast, vast majority of information is completely erased, gone forever. And, you know, we find these tiny fragments and right. then we are doing this kind of constant connection game. Mm -hmm. So my primary sources for the research on Cleopatra are these two small books, um, Cleopatra, the Egyptian Queen, and then Cleopatra, a captivating guide to the last ancient Egyptian queen and her love affairs with Julius Caesar and Mark Antony. You can see, Kiki, these are kind of like small, they're just like fun paperback, like little books. They're great. But one of the reasons why I discovered they're both so small when you're trying to get to sort of the content is because what we truly know for certain about Cleopatra is about that much. Wow. <laughs> wow. just, you know, the rest we kind of pieced together from the people who knew her and it is this patchwork stuff. But these two books were incredibly useful in giving those broad strokes. Interesting. Is there... Um, just for my own context, like, 
is her information more limited than other people of that time period for a certain reason? Or is that just like all people from that time period? We don't know that much about For them. sure. Yeah, it's both. It's, it's that we don't have a lot of information from that time period. Some of it is gone forever. And what we have is so pieced together. That we know about her is also because we're taking patches from what we know about Julius Caesar. And mm-hmm. we know a little bit more about Mark Anthony. Or there's battle information. That for some reason, the, the battle horse was preserved and somebody mentions Cleopatra. Ooh. So they kind of stick a pin in that. And you know what I mean? And it can be this tapestry. Um, That's another thing that's really cool about Cleopatra is like when you do learn a little bit about her history, there's also all these other cool things happening in the world. Like the Holy Roman Empire. What the hell? Right. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? And it's true. And one of my favorite things about history is when you zoom way out. Uh Uh-huh. It is one picture, and then you can just gradually pull your focus in, 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 in to this province in Egypt and focus on a fucking sex scandal. Yeah. And how hot is that, right? Yeah. And then you can go way, way, way out to a place that is completely disconnected and yet has some tenuous fragment of connection. It's a fucking joy. It curls my toes. I love to fuck it. So these two books were incredibly useful for me to establish a timeline and Mm -hmm. like her basic biography, what the fuck happened from birth to death. So I had the skeleton of it, right? Cool. To fill that out, uh, there is a documentary on Netflix right now called Queen Cleopatra. It is visually stunning. Um, I liked it. I give it like three stars. We'll talk about it. Okay, as we okay. go. Um, and then there's a number of podcasts, in particular, uh, the History uh, Extra on the BBC has an excellent episode, which I will have linked in my show notes. Um, and it is a conversation with an Egyptologist named Joyce Tinsley. Mm. And she specifically goes through uh, myth and fact. Ooh, and starts okay. all that stuff out. So Ooh, that's like... A little myth buster. It is. It's a lot of fun. So with all of it... Oh, and then of course my big old coffee table book. That was actually just to impress you, Kiki. I wanted you I to think impressed. that I know things. And because <laughs> it's got the big maps. Ooh, <laughs> love, 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 love. <laughs> oh. So uh, with all of this stuff and all of this uh, information in my brain, here's my plan mm-hmm. for the hill thing of Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is going to be a two-part episode. You can't. This bitch can't fit one itty bitty episode give me a break um and i hate it as a good feminist it is very difficult for me when i fuck my women to frame them as history often does by the men in their lives exclusively right right? this woman's story is actually the story of her husband her father her kids yeah and we then we we have these shells of portraits of women that is often the case and it can be very frustrating Uh um but we only have the information we have. And often that was the information that all of these biographers thought was valuable. So at a certain point, this is just, this is just what we have. So all of my good feminist disclaimers aside, uh, first part is going to be her fucking Julius Caesar. And oh, yeah. the second part is her fucking Mark Antony. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it is. Sorry, Cleo. First, we're going to get our arms around this timeline and it can be sticky. So this is where I'm going to give you a little quiz. I know you don't, you, it doesn't matter if you win, you get a shot. If you lose, you get a shot. Oh, what? I love this. Game. It's really, it's really <laughs> good. So true or false. Cleopatra was a descendant of Tutankhamun, King Tut. Ooh, false. False. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes, exactly. She, they were both pharaohs of Egypt, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, but she is of the Ptolemy dynasty. Right. You are so on this. She's like, yeah, no, I know that one, Dawn. No, I, for, some re- for some reason I knew that, but I, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed. Is what I mean. The Ptolemy dynasty that Cleopatra is a part of started, give or take, 300 years before she was born. Mm. King Tut was the pharaoh of Egypt over 1,100 years before she was born. Oh, okay. He was before her. For some reason, I thought she was after Way before. Yeah. He is 1,000 plus years before her. Wow. Alexander the Great, Uh who you may know, conquered all of the known world in give or take 300 BC. And when he died, he basically split up all of the known world, which extended from Asia to Europe, uh-huh. among his friends, basically, right? Okay. And one of his best friends is this guy Ptolemy. And Ptolemy gets Egypt, okay? And Alexandria? Exactly. Uh-huh. And finds the city of Alexandria based on his best friend, Alexander. You got this precisely right. And the thing with the Egyptians, mm-hmm. right, is the pharaoh doesn't need to be 
there, the, whoever's wearing the crown is the pharaoh. So if you are a conqueror and you put the crown, you're our pharaoh now, wow. right? So they would not have been family members at all. They just wore literally wore the same clothes, and that's why we associate them. Cool. So one of the ways that I got my brain around it is Cleopatra's distance to Alexander the Great is Joe Biden's distance to George Washington. Oh, wow. That's a long fucking time. About 250 years, right? Especially because Biden is like a thousand years old. And, so, yeah, right. yeah. and they met and they used uh -huh. to be hanging out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he was just a kid. Right. So, <laughs> and, um, and Cleopatra's relationship to King Tut, uh -huh. right, is like Joe Biden's relationship to like an ancient indigenous chieftain. Wow. So there, it's just a vastly different Totally time different frame. Egypts. Exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you completely right. They are not descendants. Question number two. Uh-huh. True or false, Cleopatra was black. Ooh, I know that's a controversial one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the right answer is mixed. <laughs> <laughs> You got the essence, Kiki. You nailed it. You got the essence of the answer. I literally, because I put your vows right. What is yeah. the answer? I put in there. It, the pop, probably not, but don't be a dick about it. Is the correct answer. <laughs> Probably not. Because she wasn't Egyptian blood, and that's why it was kind of controversial, It's everything right? I just explained. She's yeah. Greek, girl. Ptolemy and Alexander and all them dudes, capital G, Greek. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they kept it Greek, meaning they fuck, they'd fuck them brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles before they would fuck anyone, let alone outside of Greekness. Right. Outside of Macedonia, their, you know, precise uh -huh. group. Uh-huh. So, no. Now, the, again, they, they sat on the throne of the Egypt and they took on all of the faith and all the ritual and all the customs of the right. Pharaoh, but they didn't speak Egyptian. Mm. Cleopatra, almost 300 years later, is the first Ptolemy to learn how to speak Egyptian. Wow. Right? Smart woman. Yeah. Yeah. So they were learning all the Greek and Roman languages, and she was like, I don't know, I'd love to be able to, to speak Egyptian for the people, you know, out here. And she was the first one in almost 300 years to even bother learning the language. Interesting. That being said, also, the people fucking hated Cleopatra. There is a lot right. of, like, hatred for her, and if they wanted to point out the color of her, that she looked ethnically different, that she wasn't really Greek, they would have brought that up. That would have been a thing. You know what I mean? I feel like I remember this. Like, she was... she. Nobody wanted her to be queen. No. And she was demonized by the Romans uh -huh. for everything. And they called her foreign because she thought she was a god. And they're fucking logic, reason, right. senate. You know what I mean? So she was foreign in all these ways. They would have loved to have portrayed her as also looking different. But they didn't because she probably didn't, other than the way she dressed. Uh-huh. She dressed I mean? like... Isis? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's yeah. a god. Yeah, she's yeah. a goddess. Yeah, exactly right. Wow. And then, you know, so we don't but that all that being said though, we do not know for certain who Cleopatra's mother was. Whoa. So why I say she probably wasn't black, but don't be a dick about it, uh -huh. is for both sides. If you're gonna start walking around <laughs> and being like, Cleopatra was black, fucking A, I'm hanging my hat on it. Uh-huh. Just don't do that, because she probably wasn't. Okay. Right. Okay. But if you're going to be like <laughs> Cleopatra, by the way, wasn't black. So Netflix has a very black African looking woman playing uh -huh. Cleopatra. And if you're going to be like, fucking Netflix, she wasn't black. Like, I don't know. She probably not. But don't be. We don't know. Don't but be a thing about it. Like everybody relax. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, also, okay. I so you like... nailed number two. By the way, too. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop before I get myself in trouble. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're ahead. You're ahead. <laughs> okay. Third and final question. True or false? Most of what we know about Cleopatra came from Shakespeare. Ooh. False. Both. Is, see, I, I know. See, I'm giving it to you anyway. Can you tell how much I want to give you a shot? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, it's both. It is true that most of what people know they got from Shakespeare's play, Anthony and Cleopatra. So that's like, yeah, of course, you know. But what Shakespeare based that play on is mm -hmm. from Plutarch. And Plutarch is the biographer, a historian from Rome. Um, and he wrote the one, the first uh -huh. definitive biography of Cleopatra, the one that Shakespeare goes back to, the one that all these little pamph books I got are going to go back to Plutarch. If you want to find the origin, which all historians, mm, that's what we're after, right? It's Plutarch. And he writes all of the stuff that we know. He writes this, several things to know, 100 years after she dies. Whoa. He's never met her. 
He doesn't travel to Egypt to get meet. He's not doing what we do in terms of journalists or historians where you uh-huh. find the facts. He describes himself as a historian, as something of a painter, that his job is to make it vivid for you. Wow. <laughs> not wow, necessarily wow, wow. accurate. No primary sources in his book. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and he is not just Roman. Uh-huh. He is a Greek. He was born Greek and won his Roman citizenship, which is a big W, and means he's a kiss-ass. The bottom line is he's a kiss-ass. So Ooh. he's going to be painting this vivid portrait of Cleopatra to make his fucking benefactors uh-huh. come. He's, he's got you like know one of I mean? those point cards or something, whatever. Uh-huh. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> so... All of that being said, that Uh we don't know a lot about her, that the ancient world in general is a mystery. And this whole thing too, I like to think that Plutarch wrote his thing and then Shakespeare wrote his thing and now we have this. It's sort of like if we, the aliens that are going through our rubble a thousand years from now, right, base everything they know about early American history on a movie that was written about Hamilton. Wow. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And they were just like, you'd be like, yeah, no, for sure. All those people, those names are all right. Yeah. <laughs> those places are all appropriate. And it's kind of, yeah. But that's not like what it but, was. Yeah, it's entertaining enough. And, you know, I fuck with it. Yeah, we fuck with it. Exactly. Yeah. So all of that being said, I want to start our tr- thorough fucking <laughs> with one of my favorite stories. Oh. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here's the scene. It is 48 BC in Alexandria, Egypt, in the palace of Cleopatra's brother husband, mm-hmm. Ptolemy XIII. And in this beautifully ornate chamber of that palace is Julius Caesar, the, the head of Rome at the moment, and he is having a bad fucking night, Kiki. Ooh. He's in a goddamn bind. He's probably slugging wine. He's pacing. He's scratching his head. He is in a fucking, this is a bad goddamn day. Ooh, okay. The whole fucking reason that he left Rome uh-huh. to come to Egypt was because he was hot on the tail of his sworn enemy, Pompey. Ah, oh, Pompey. Fuck this Pompey. Pompey. You know this guy sucks, you know? <laughs> and it's been Caesar versus Pompey for the power in Rome, and they've been fighting and duking it out and all over the Mediterranean. Caesar's kicking ass, and he follows Pompey, flees to Egypt, where Caesar got news. They've taken him prisoner. Hot dog. His plan is go get Pompey, uh-huh. chain him up, bring my prisoner back to Rome. Boom. Peace. Rule. Got it. Wait, sorry. He gets e- to- Egypt caught Pompey for him. Yep. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Egypt's an ally. Totally. So uh-huh. Pompey ran to Egypt and Egypt was like, oh, Caesar's kicking ass, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We want the guy who's kicking ass to be mm-hmm. our friend, not the guy who's fleeing we from him. We got you him. a present. He got you a present. <laughs> exactly. So Caesar's was like, yay, where is he? And they're like, here it is. And they give him his head. Oh. Exactly. That's why Caesar's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <sighs> and they were like, eh? You love it? You don't have to kill him. We killed him. And he's like, fuck, you know where I come from? We have like rules and senators and logic and reason. And we're pretending we're not brutes like this. Fuck. Yeah, and I'm it. trying to convince these fucks that I'm not trying to be a fuck. Yeah. And now I come fuck. You know? Can we glue it back on? <laughs> and also compound this with the fact that he was buds with Pompey. They oh. were tight. He was his son-in-law. Ooh. And they say he, like, kisses his forehead and is also truly emotionally like, no. <sighs> yeah. Wait, son-in-law? So he was the husband of his... So Julius Caesar, at some point, they were such close uh-huh. allies that he married Julius Caesar's his daughter. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh, can't be killing your daughter's but... husband. They, was so, they weren't on, like, great terms anymore. But still, there <laughs> used to be... There was a history here. Do you know what I mean? This Dad. wasn't just... Yeah. Dad, don't kill my husband. I know. <laughs> So Caesar's like, God damn. But all that's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't glue it back on, to your point. And he's also like, it takes months to get back to Rome. While I'm here. Anything, you guys, how are things? You know? Mm-hmm. Egypt's very important to us. And Ptolemy the 13th, Cleopatra's brother, says, you know, as a matter of fact, Caesar, I have these two cunty sisters out there in the desert right now. Mm. Ugh, they suck. And they're raising an army right now to come get me. Oh, the worst. they're the worst. Could you help out with that? And Caesar's like, you know what? I'm going to put my thinker on that. Why don't you bring me up some more of this fabulous wine and these gorgeous figs? And I'm going to work on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he is just consternating. And while he's in there consternating, there's a knock on the door. And a messenger comes in carrying on his shoulder, just this like beautiful rug all rolled up. Something for you. 
she's like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. A rug. I mean, who doesn't love rugs? But it seems weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? uh-huh. Puts the rug down. The rug unrolls to reveal uh-huh. Cleopatra. She's kind of sweaty. She's all tousled. She's 20-something. He's 50-something. Okay. Yeah. Hala. She's brave. She's like, hey, man, so my brother's a dick. I know that you want to, like, sort this out, but I'm telling you right now, I'd come in this way because they're all going to murder me Mm. if they know where I am. Crazy. Plutarch says they fucked that night. Yeah, on that rug. I I, I Ah, hope so. ah, ah. We can add that. People make up things. Yeah, they did it on the rug. Some people say it wasn't a rug. It was a sack. It doesn't matter. It's hot. Right? Thank God, like, email didn't exist back then. Because this could have just been an email, but, like... Thank you so much. Right. Think about what we've given up for technology. We right. all could have been unfurled. Unfurled <laughs> on a rug. Just ravaged on a rug. Exactly. <laughs> what we know is that when Ptolemy comes in and sees his fucking cunty sister with Julius Caesar and the whole thing, he did everything. He was like, he got through a tantrum. They said, yeah, yeah, Fucking pissed off. And what we know, all right, is that a year later... By the time Julius Caesar leaves Egypt. Oh, he fucked her and left her. The civil war between these siblings is done. Okay. Mm. Her brother has drowned in his armor, which is ironic. He was trying to flee the boat, flipped. He had his armor on. He drowned. <laughs> uh, her younger sister is in chains. Oh. Arsinoe. She kind of sucks. And she's going to Rome with Caesar as like a captive. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. Was that her, her, she was just like, can you like get rid of her? Yeah. She's always wearing my clothes. Girl, Arsinoe sucks. So here's uh-huh. what happened. Arsinoe, so there's all these siblings, right? Ptolemy is the oldest brother. He's got the reins. And the dad said when he died, Ptolemy and Cleopatra are co-rulers. Because a big deal in Egyptian faith is that you have to have the male and the female in balance. Isis and Osiris. So the idea is that it's part of what keeps everything balanced. There's always got to be a male and a female. Husband, wife, mother, son, father, daughter, brother, sister, whatever. I felt that. Right? I know. It's not not the worst system we've ever heard. (laughs) So when dad died, he was like, you two will be co-rulers. All right. He was 10 years old, her brother. Cleopatra's older. And her 10-year-old brother, all his eunuchs, all his hangers on mm-hmm. are the ones who start to be like, we got to get these sisters out of here, right? They were certainly influencing this. So Arsinoe and Cleopatra have to bounce because of these fucks right. around the brother, right? So Julius Caesar's first big idea is, you know what? Your siblings hate each other. Uh-huh. Like, he's the one who first banished Arsinoe. Wow. So why don't I let him out of jail? Let him go out there to her. So that they'll fight. They'll, they, there's no way they'll be able to come together. You'll have a nice division on your hands. They'll be easier to defeat. Ooh. They underestimate how much Arsinoe and Ptolemy fucking hate Cleopatra. And they have no problem linking arms and joining forces against her. Which is how they go down, ultimately. And one of the things that Cleopatra convinces Julius Caesar to do in order to get her brother and sister ultimately to retreat is they light their own port on fire. They set every fucking ship in the harbor on fire. They're kind of dope. So they can't go, yeah. So they can't come and go, and that fire, it does work. Like, it is part of the reason why they win, Uh but it also, that fire spreads into the city of Alexandria and burns a portion of the library of Alexandria. Oh, that's why it burned. It wasn't the whole thing, but it was a huge devastating part of it. Yeah, and that devastated her because her answer, Ptolemy I is the one who built the library of Alexandria. And it is where she learned these five languages and where she got all savvy and, like, became this sort of brilliant person. So she loved, she didn't want the library to burn. Yeah, you can't be burning down, like, the family heirloom. No. What the fuck? But you can kill your siblings. Just don't burn the library. Right. Yeah. Her siblings suck. Was she the oldest? She is the oldest of these, yeah. She had an older sister named Berniki, (laughs) who, along with Cleopatra, with her mother... Oh, this is such a great story, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you're curious. See, this is the kind of thing when I go to parties and somebody asks me about Cleopatra, my husband goes, don't. Because <laughs> don't, you don't know how much I yeah. can answer. <laughs> so um, Cleopatra's older sister, Bernice, there was all of this turmoil and all of this controversy within the Ptolemy dynasty. Her dad. Her mm-hmm. dad had basically bribed all of this Romans. He had done everything he could financially to secure his spot, to keep his power. And it was all kind of coming home to roost. And he fled to Rome to hide. 
And while he was gone, his wife and his oldest daughter, Berniki, Cleopatra's older sister, ruled Egypt and were much loved. Yeah, the Egyptians two women loved her. Along oh, yeah. great. They're okay. doing great. They're cleaning up dad's mess. One of the people that dad bribes in Rome to help him come back to Egypt and take his throne back is Pompey. <gasps> Pompey, who's against Caesar, right? And Pompey is part of the Senate. They're supposed to all decide this stuff. And the Senate's like, nah, we don't want to get involved in this Egyptian shit. And Pompey's like, yeah, it's a good idea. And then he says, I'll do it. You bribe me. I'll do it. So Cleopatra's dad bribed Pompey. Pompey then helps him come back to the power. And one of the first things he does is kill his wife and daughter who were in rule while he was gone and says, I want Cleopatra and Ptolemy the 13th to co-rule when I die. So Julius Caesar... Now, when he comes at this point, he says, and, you know, possibly has Cleopatra attached to his dick at the time, to be <laughs> fair. He says, I'm not here to decide who's going to be ruler. I'm here to enforce the will of the father. He wanted these two to be co-ruler. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to establish that the will be the law. And it was Ptolemy the 13th who was like, fuck that law. I don't. My sister, blah. And that's why Caesar was like, again, with her attached to his dick. Uh-huh. We can't have that. I'm just here to enforce the will, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, there's just so much to unpack there. First of all, he killed his wife and his daughter, which is like, right. why couldn't you guys just be friends? Right. You know, they're your wife, your daughter. I'm sure, like, I know. nothing you can't hash out over a good meal. You know what? That's a very good point, Kiki. And this happens so many times in history. And the reason why is because individuals or the fuckery around these individuals, just they, they can't leave these questions of inheritance. But wouldn't These you want your people dynasty. to inherit your stuff? Unless they're cunts. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want cunts touching my stuff. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I hate when cunts touch uh, my stuff. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And, and, but you know, but to your point, Cleopatra Dunn had seen mm. how one treats one's allies and one's family when they become allies or enemies, right? That was yeah. an easy thing for her. And actually... Julius Caesar taking Arsinoe home back to Roman chains was a compromise. She wanted her dead. Whoa. And Caesar was like, this thing of Pompey, like I still have to explain all this garbage when I get back. I think it'd be best to have her in chains. And he brings her back to Rome. And one of the, one of the um, traditions of Rome is when they kick ass like this, they win a huge battle. They expand their territory. Mm-hmm. When they come back to Rome, they have what's called a triumph which is a parade, but huge, you know, and it's all about, here's what we've got. Here are our captives. Here's the heroes. It is take the like Super Bowl parade and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Yeah. And then take some LSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. can kind of get an idea of what these things looked like, right? Uh-huh. And the whole point is Arsinoe is going to be a fantastic part of this triumph. We tie her up in chains. We'll walk her in front of something weird. And he did that. The original but, Macy's float. Totally. But yeah. she kind of dragged on the ground. Oh, fuck. But, oh, fuck. but um, Arsinoe is young. She's a teenager. And the Roman citizens were like, oh, this isn't cool, man. Yeah. And so he took her out. Of, like, he literally was like, oh, because Julius Caesar was very efficient at being like, oh, you don't like that? Oh, never mind. So he, like, put her in exile. Okay. In Cyprus. A little reasonable. Exactly. Okay. And Cleopatra's like, why is she still alive, man? You were going to humiliate her and then kill her. Why is she still alive, man? And it was like a catching point. Wait, how old is Cleopatra? In At all this, this point, she is about 22. Okay. So that's like, that is huge in ancient years. You huge. Know, being 10 yeah. and being 22 and the teenage history. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's it's a lot true. Going- it's true. She is still young by all accounts uh-huh. and uh, they're royals. So while, yeah, you're right. Certainly in certain populations, everyone mm-hmm. dies under the age of five, right? Not as much. Right. At this place at this time. Yeah. Wow. Cleopatra is on the throne, girl, and she pregnant with Julius Caesar's baby. Whoa. And it looks like everything is fucking going her way. <laughs> and that's where we're going to take a short break. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to Deluxe Edition Network. Dot com. That's deluxe edition network.com. 
Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Dylan. And I'm Cameron. And we're the hosts of Barstool Film School, a conversational comedy podcast about the very best bar movies. You know, the ones that are like perfect to watch when you're hanging out in a bar with friends. Now, uh, I'm a writer and a film school washout. And I'm a bar owner. So we ought to know what we're talking about. <laughs> you would hope. Tune in every other week, wherever you get your pods, as we take on a new flick. And we will pair those flicks with some cocktails. To see if they pass the bar. Now, uh, what do you say, Cam? Shall we pour ourselves another round? Let's do it. All right. If I've learned anything from researching the life of Cleopatra, it is the importance of knowing how to thank your sponsors. So please join me in getting down on your knees, opening your mouths, and expressing gratitude to Hill's most recent patrons, Susan G. Heidi M. Emily B, Scott W, and Lana A. Yeah, that's Lana Adams. That's my mom. Their generosity <laughs> keeps the history coming, and they are rewarded with regular bonus episodes and silly little gifts like beer koozies with an AI-generated picture of hot George Washington looking like he wants to fuck you. <laughs> right? It's so worth it. So if you'd like to jump in bed with us, have access to bonus episodes and hear your name here next time. Yay! <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash health podcast and then follow me, follow me, follow me, follow. And it and it unfolds for me. It's I've never encountered a history subject that doesn't get me hot. You know, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. have some like <gasps> what? Yeah. You know, about it. It's just I'm I, I hope I never find it, but I don't mind if I you know, I can keep looking for it. It's yeah. Yeah, especially Cleopatra's so cool mm. that way because I, I don't know. I mean I obviously there's been a lot of famous queens throughout history, but to me, my perspective of the ancient world was always like, women can't do anything. And she just is so empowered all the time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's because, you know, there are all of these dynamics. Generally speaking, if you want to try, trace a, a, a female's ability to have power, it depends on the faith and the inheritance structure. Mm -hmm. If the law allows a throne or an inheritance to pass through the female line, then you can have female rulers. Mm. If not, then not. And right. that that's where one of these things with politics, people are like, don't bring you know politics into this. It's like, oh, if you know what politics is. Yeah, everything is politics. <laughs> I don't know if you know what politics is. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. All right, so we are back. I have rewarded Kiki with a Modelo by request. This is great. Here's my favorite thing about drinking beer while I podcast is it gets real burpy, and I don't mind. We're all going to buck. We're in this together. Sometimes when you really, you know, you get kissing, mm -hmm. maybe you, some hand, your hands under the shirt and stuff. And at that, that happens point. That on this podcast? No, well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but I feel like if, if you get beer breath uh -huh. at that point, you uh -huh. can still be like, I got to go home. Right, right, But right. we've now, we're naked. Like, you can, we're in it. Like, breath, you can breathe all sorts of gross shit on me at this point. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, yes. This is a very sensory podcast. You're getting all the smells and sounds of the ancient world. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, all right. So when last we met, Cleopatra, here's what's happened since. Cleopatra has had Caesar's son, Ooh. whose name is Caesarian. <gasps> she had a C-section? You know what? I, did, I literally was like, I have to be able to answer this question because it's the most obvious mm -hmm. question there is. Because the word is the same, sounds mm -hmm. the same, looks the same. Uh, people assume, yes, the Caesar or Caesar's son must have been born by Caesarian. That's where it comes from. Ooh. Absolutely not. <laughs> Caesarian translates as little Caesar. Pizza, pizza. Oh. <laughs> and a cesarean is a C-section. It's a completely different deal. Oh. But, yeah, I also, but people, people, you're not do... the first. People have said, oh, yes, that's where it comes from. And then enough people are like, oh, that's interesting. I'll accept that. 
They no, there is no historical evidence uh, that the manner in which Caesar or Caesar's son was born coincides to the name Caesarian. I also feel, I mean, I, this is based on nothing, but yeah. I feel like maybe they didn't do C-sections back then. That's like disemboweling somebody where that, there's no antibiotics. Ugh, <laughs> Kiki, this is how I know we're, new, we're best friends now because these are the rabbit holes I go down myself. <laughs> and I was like, but were there C-sections then? Exactly the same question. Um, yes. What? They did cut fetuses out of women, but of course the woman never survived until like 1885. So right. w- there were circumstances in which it was understood that the mother would die regardless, but the child could be saved. There was a certain amount of medical savvy uh-huh. that there were instances in an emergency birthing situation where the child could be saved even if the mother died and it involved disemboweling her to get to the child. That makes sense. That they could do it, yeah. But that wasn't exactly a medical <laughs> procedure. <laughs> right. It's not a surgery, it's a murder. Yeah. <laughs> precisely, precisely. Um, but yeah, his name, so you're going to hear the word cesarean because that's his name. I could start calling him C-section, which would be adorable, <laughs> but he has too tragic of a story to make fun of his name. Um, Oh, no. Um, so Cleopatra has our little cesarean, and um, and Julius Caesar doesn't have any other children. Uh oh. And he is married. Uh-huh. He got a wife, Calpurnia, back there in Rome. She don't have no kids, which means this son is good news and bad news. Uh, yeah. For uh, every, yeah. It's good Inheritance news. Inheritance issues. Right. Uh-huh. So the stakes go up for this kid on both sides, right? Caesar. After he left Egypt with this civil sibling civil war sort of resolved and his now pregnant, hot, 20-something queen sitting on the throne, he's pretty pleased about that, he gets back to Rome and does what I call the dictator dictis. Okay, so Rome is a is a democracy uh-huh. and representative and right there is a Senate and they debate and they discuss and they're so enlightened and the idea is that we have left our brutal human history behind us. Little do they know. <laughs> There's that bear there it is. There it was. Little do they know, of course, the brutalist part of human history is ahead of them, right? The enlightenment, the renaissance that we get a thousand years later is the rebirth to this time. You know what I mean? They uh-huh. tried to be non not violent, brutal, strength only strength, you know, and it just yeah, didn't, yeah. It didn't work. So he gets back to Rome though. And this is starting to fall apart. This democracy, this idea that we don't fight, we talk, is is already, we've seen examples of Julius Caesar just fucking get Pompey's head. We're, it's falling apart, right? Yeah. And they're toying, and it's also dysfunctional. Meaning the center, they're not doing a great job. They're fighting among themselves. They're completely divided. They're corrupt. They're taking bribes. The people don't trust them. And this inactivity and this inability for the Senate to work has led to a necessity for things like the first triumphant, which was when Caesar and Pompey and this third guy were like, we'll be the big bosses. So mm-hmm. like, you guys continue to talk and then you tell us and then we'll decide so that we don't have all of this dysfunction, right? right? And then the three of them fell apart and then the two of them fought. And now we've just got Caesar. And Caesar's like, kind of like, don't you just think that like we wouldn't have all these problems if we just had me decide what goes on instead of everybody deciding what goes on? That sounds like a royal. Exactly. And he's like, I'll be dictator. How about I'm dictator for a minute? Which is a scary, scary word for good reason. But at this point, it wasn't as scary of a word. And they're like, dictator. He's like, yeah, so we'll just, I'll just decide a bunch of stuff for a while. Which also means I take the responsibility. You guys get to get rid of all the responsibility. You're not going to get blamed if things go wrong. So it's kind of great for you guys. And they're like, you, yeah, you can be dictator for like a few months if you want. You can be dictator for like a minute. And they did. They gave him this like temporary dictatorship. Wow. And then that was easy. there'd be parties and they'd be thinking, and there's this one particular party. Where they're all dressed up. And there's wine. Everyone's partying. Everyone's doing great. And Mark Antony who is Julius Caesar's best bud, kind of an adopted son sort of relationship. Caesar is certainly Mark Antony's mentor. They have fought in battle together. Antony's gotten drunk in the gutter and Caesar goes, gets him. I mean, they're buddies. They're Mm -hmm. tight. And there is this moment, Kiki, where Julius Caesar's sitting on kind of like a throne chair and, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Mark Antony comes over with a crown? (gasps) It's so funny. And he puts the crown on Julius. And as he's starting to put the crown on his head, Julius Caesar goes, no, 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 no. Does that? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Mark Anthony's putting the crown on Caesar? Mm-hmm. 
And Caesar does the, no, please, I can't wear a crown. We don't have kings. And Antony, again, oh, come on, come on, Caesar. Put on the crown and Caesar, no, no, no. And you can tell they're feeling it out. Now, the historians, the senators watching, the senators watching, there's a thousand versions about this party. Yeah. That Mark Antony was trying to trap Caesar, was trying to put a crown on him so everyone would see this gesture and go after him. No, that Caesar said, hey, Antony, during the party, try to put a crown on me. If they cheer, I'll keep it on. If they <laughs> boo, we'll take, you know what I mean? There's all of these theories, but it was a big fucking deal. And what it was is what I called the dictator dick piece. Because shortly after this, he's like, I know, this is so hard. We do this every three months. How about I'm just dictator for life? <gasps> Okay, who among us hasn't been drunk and become a dictator? <laughs> I, know, you know, I know, Like, come like, on. Exactly. I want the pumpkin candle, and I won't leave it till... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We all have our inner dictator. Uh-huh. Um, and he... So he's, you know... And people are unfucking comfortable, but also feel completely unable to necessarily stop this or, or push it over the edge, okay? Yeah, he's got a crown. Totally. Now... In the midst of all this, let's not forget, dude, he married Cleopatra when he was in Egypt. It was an Egyptian wedding that the Romans may or may not recognize, and they know plural marriages are kind of a thing there and whatever. But all of a sudden, here comes Caesar's side piece to Rome. Oh! She comes to the party? Girl. Not that specific party, okay. but yeah, the capital P party. Oh, Cleo comes to the party girl. Cleo gets her shit on a barge and comes to Rome. Cleopatra in Rome is like Beyonce going to the Piggly Wiggly in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, <laughs> where I grew up. Like, I mean, Roman women are plain they wear f- short hair. You know what I mean? Their yeah. hair is wrapped and small. They wear the white togas, girl. They make no make. They don't adorn themselves. That's kind of the deal. Yeah. Cleopatra. <laughs> Dressed like a goddess. Honey. And not just one guy. She wears, sometimes she's two goddesses at once. But yes, Isis, the eyes, sh- the eyes, that's a thing. We know how she painted that on, uh-huh. right? There are peacock fucking feathers and jewels up every arm. And let's not forget, she's the fucking queen goddess. And she has Caesar's baby son on her hip. She brings Caesarian with her and with her are her two best friends. We're going to hear about them forever. They're awesome. Uh And her new brother husband, Ptolemy, who's her even younger brother, was he a baby? He was like, um, I think he's like nine. Oh, yeah. At this point. So, yeah, they're ma- but they are the male-female that mm-hmm, rule mm-hmm. Egypt. So the Egyptians are super happy they got their male-female. Mm-hmm. And she, she rolls into Rome and people are fucking floored. And Ooh. don't think she don't change trends, trend girl. The women of Rome are like, I could put a little feather in my, <laughs> if I... My ears could have little dangly things hanging off my ears if I wanted to do that. But here is... How do you think I look with a little eyeliner? (laughs) Exactly. Okay, here's a a quiz, another history question for you. Are you ready? Okay. Cleopatra brings an exotic animal to Rome for the first time. The Romans described this mysterious creature as a camel mixed with a leopard. Ooh. What was it? Camel mixed with a leopard. It's got up spots. Mm-hmm. But what else has humps? Hmm. Fuck, I don't know. I was going to say hippo because Egypt. But are they even hippos in Egypt? They're, they're in Africa. I oh. don't know if they're in... Yeah, I think maybe. Mm. Oh. God, I don't know. <laughs> A giraffe. Ah! God, <laughs> come on. It was sitting right there. <laughs> Kenya, they were like, what the fuck is <laughs> they called it a camelopard a, a camelopard because they literally put camel leopard the words together <laughs> and this they could not believe this camel was like the coolest thing ever so yeah no shit <laughs> and so here is cleopatra fucking camels fucking earrings fucking eyeliner and you said a minute ago you're like cleopatra is so interesting because like i can't think of any other queen like her one of the things specifically 
that made her so powerful was that so many other royals are generally leveraging their family's name and their children. Uh-huh. My son will marry your daughter, my daughter. And she could do that too, but she could have your baby. If I have your baby, they are a descendant of the queen. She, she held within her own body uh-huh. the power that other royals had to depend on. A she is the being. prize. She is the prize. Yeah. It, it, and she and, knows it. Oh, does she ever. Yeah. And you think about the way she rolled in in that rug mm-hmm. compared to the way she's rolling into Rome. Cistern has, is demonstrating that she knows. Okay. Okay, so, this whole thing is giving Brangelina right now. <laughs> I, amen, right? Yeah. And to the same, that's a really good point because just like any big celebrity couple, uh-huh. you have the parade where you go, oh, they're both so hot and so famous. Oh my God, this is so great. And then you're like, it's gonna be burn it's too perfect spoiler alert julius caesar is assassinated in the senate murdered by his fellow senators in rome while cleopatra is there Ooh. during this period of time i wonder if that set it off i it did not help right, yeah, right. he's a you king he's all. a god because when he married this Egyptian queen in Egypt, they told him he was a god. And he was like, oh, if you want to call me a god. <laughs> you know. So, the, yeah, we're, they, this is all part of the argument for why we got to kill this fucking guy. Right? Yeah, 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 were, yeah. And there's a lot of tragedies to Julius Caesar being stabbed by all of these guys. But I think, honestly, this is, it is a joke, but I mean it. I just don't think anyone should die at work. <laughs> I just really, anytime someone dies at work, I'm like, oh. God damn it. God damn. That's really not fair. Where's so, HR? <laughs> so here's your next question. How many individuals stabbed Caesar? <laughs> close. You're close. <laughs> we're in on the conspiracy oh. to kill Caesar, but not necessarily gave him the stab. Oh, I feel like it was a lot. <laughs> it was more than I thought. Yeah. So I'll give you multiple choice. Was it A, 24, mm. B, 8, or C, 60? 60. It was 60. That's a lot of motherfuckers that hate you to stab an emperor. What was he going by? Yeah. He was, he was for dictator for life. Yes. Emperor of Rome was the term. And he, it's so funny you say that too, because yeah, 60. And part of the reason why there were so many of them Uh was because they were like, we're going to kill this fucking guy. We have to be like the Senate did it. Right. right? Otherwise there's going to be a lot of people held accountable. There's going to be civil yep. war. And, and like, we're just be like, we did it. We all did it. Uh-huh. Right. To that end, how many times was he stabbed? A 12, B 60 or C 23, 23, 23. Yeah. 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 Cause it's, there's a little bit of like passion there, you uh-huh. know, like not 60. Cause that's like, all right, you're Everybody did. Him. Yeah. But, but yeah. there were dozen like numbers of people came in and stabbed him so that they would literally share the burden. So it wasn't like one guy stabbed him 23 times. It was a number of people that all stabbed him. And in, and in Shakespeare's play, you know, the one Brutus who had ostensibly been Julius Caesar's closest friend. And when he sees that Brutus stabs him, he says, a tu Brute, which is, and you, my friend, you too, my friend. Yeah. Um, here's the extra credit. (laughs) On what date was Julius Caesar assassinated? Oh, isn't that like the Ides of March? Ah, <laughs> she just came. Oh, I just came. We're, I don't have time to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Absolutely. The Ides of March, the 15th of March. God damn. And it was the real history, at least the history is given to us, is that there were a number of prophecies. His wife, among others, were like, girl. Do not go to work on March 15th. I'm surprised his his wife wasn't like, go to work, honey. Go (laughs) to work. You should really not miss work today. Yeah, don't forget to bring fucking Cleopatra with you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so Caesar's murdered. Holy fucking shit, right? Huge big deal. Cleopatra and Caesarian fucking bounce fucking fast. They're poof. They are gone. They are well aware that this is no bueno for them, right? Also, she has a pretty good go of it when she goes back to Alexandria. She is, among other things, a fantastic pharaoh. She handles a lot of shit well. Drought handles it well. Uh, changes the taxation system. Right, that was her whole thing. Totally, taxes. her taxes, the whole thing. She makes the taxes fair. She spends and she taxes in a way that keeps everybody fed and everybody's doing great. She handles some dynamics within her thing, like she's cruising over there. People in should Egypt. like her. People should like her. Yeah. In Rome, on the other hand, 
Not so much. All shit breaks loose. Because <laughs> these assassins, here's what they thought. All 60 of us agreed, tw- stabbed 23 times. The people won't be able to blame any of us. And they kind of stumble out <laughs> of the Senate covered in blood. And they're like, oh, God, you guys are welcome. Oh, we are so tired. That was gross. You're welcome. <laughs> and the Roman citizens were like, oh, great. I don't, wow, you guys didn't ask any of us. Wow. Like, it was real. What do we do? Like, are we going to freak out? Are we love this? Do we hate this? What are we going to do? It was all sort of like in the thing. And, and But the first phase, right? And this is the part, story that I like to call a dramatic season finale <laughs> in Rome. Because it's like, all this everyone's literally sort of in the cloud of like, what the fuck just happened? And like, I don't know, we got to read Caesar's will. <gasps> da, 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 da. Everyone gets to go, I got to read Caesar's will. Who did Caesar leave critically? His fortune, his estate, and as the Roman rules work, the leadership of his legions. Oh! His soldiers, oh. his army. And this is like, oh, God, who's going to lead it's his army? It's going to be the baby! Oh, oh! So that's the question, Kiki. Everyone's like, open up this will. Oh, my God. Because that, yeah, whole half the reason... Cleopatra had her titties up in there was to get him to write Caesarion's name on the motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Now the heir apparent is An- Mark Antony because <gasps> he's the guy. He's the sort of like an adopted son, his closest advisor, his mentor. Caesar's been, you know, ushering him through politics and being his guy. Yeah. So is it going to be Mark Antony or baby Caesarion, this Egyptian foreign baby? Brr, they open the will. He's left it all to Octavian. Who the fuck is that? Thank you. Who the fuck? That's everybody. Everybody. Who the fuck? What? 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 Octavian is like his distant nephew, part of a very rich and powerful family. Yeah. Distantly related to Caesar. And he got it all. We got to kill him. Certainly, Mark Antony is like, (laughs) wow. Hi, hi, Octavian. Hi. Fuck. What is he going to do, right? Uh-huh. Well, it's time for Caesar's funeral. So we've read the will. That was a bit of a shock. People uh-huh. are now in the hills. I mean, the eyes in Rome had to be all the way in the back of their skulls for this whole week. Caesar's fucking dead. 158 people fucking killed him as far as we know. Yeah. And now this Octavian fucking guy has inherited it all. And now we all got to go down and we're the funeral. Well, nobody's having a better week than Octavian. <laughs> Octavian's like, like holy ah, shit. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to work at a footlocker for the rest of my life. This is great. <laughs> Mark Antony had to be restrained from going in with Caesar the day he was killed. Uh-huh. They had like put up a ruse to keep Mark Antony from going in there because they knew that he'd die to protect Caesar. Okay. Right? So he, I mean, so his he alliances are clear. Here. Oh, yeah. So they kind of appealed to Mark Antony right away, like, what are you going to do, buddy? Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of put up his hands in this whole, like, will pre-funeral period and was like, you know what? Let's not say Caesar was a tyrant and we're better off he's dead and start calling him a son of a bitch. And let's also not say the assassins are criminals that we all need to hunt down and execute. Let's just have, let's just hang on a hot minute. Mm-hmm. So it really is a holding pattern. Yeah. And at the funeral for Julius Caesar, with all of these questions up in the air, uh-huh. Mark Antony gives a speech. Now here's what we know for a fact is that this was a great moving history changing fucking speech. Oh, do we know what he said? Shakespeare says he started it with friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. That's where that comes from? That's the, where that comes from. <laughs> so Shakespeare was like, oh, there's a hot speech. I'm going to write this speech, right? Yeah, so just, yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't worry. Shakespeare put words in his mouth. Good. And, we and, love. and they're great. But the thrust of it is, fuck these assassin fucks. Get them. Get them. Get them. Julius Caesar was a great man. And every one of these sons of bitches better be hunted down and dead or we are not Rome. <laughs> oh, the funeral is lit. And sister, they run. I mean, it becomes a like, hit the ground running. All these assassins and conspirators splatter across the Mediterranean. They fucking go. Whoa. And Octavian and Mark Antony fucking link arms 
to go get those fucks because they both loved Julius Caesar. They were, they're both like, we're united on this now. Oh, that's nice. You know, we're going to have to sort some things out later. Mm -hmm. But for now, you know, we are aligned on this. So will the alliance between Antony and Octavian hold? How does Mark Antony follow all this thing right into Cleopatra's panties? Yeah, because we know Octavian didn't fuck Cleopatra. (laughs) Just a nephew don't get in them panties. All that and more in part two. Again, to Kiki Anderson, you can listen to her podcast, Indecent, and find out where she is performing, likely somewhere in L.A. tonight, by clicking on her links in our show notes or finding her on social at It's Kiki Anderson. And uh, and you're going to hear from her again soon, okay? Because she's back, and she and I are going to cover the next chapter in Cleopatra's Little Black Book. Find out how she hooks up with Mark Antony, what happens to little Caesarian and why Octavian turns out to be an unfuckable little prick. <sighs> Until then, our theme song was composed and performed by Cat Perkins. <sighs> A reminder that you can find my sources, links to the books, documentaries, and articles I reference in the summary of this episode or by emailing us hilfpodcast at gmail.com or messaging us on social media at hilfpodcast. This has been Hilf. History I'd like to fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody, reminding you that history is a party. And everybody's... Can- <laughs>